Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I'm as always Elaine, and with me there is one other person once again. I'm the go in uh, Gotta Get Out of This Town, Sybil. <laughs> that didn't work as much as I hoped it would outside of my head. No, that doesn't work really, but it's fine, because today... I have a lot of fun editing this because I get to put some of uh, my favorite music on this because it's once again a bonus episode. I don't know why we call them bonus episodes because they take the spots of the regular episode in the week, but we've decided to do this. Uh, we we're talking you. about OK. Yeah, we're talking about OK Go by OK Go, which is not pop punk. I don't know. Wikipedia says so. Wikipedia is dumb. This is very much a. 90s revival power pop record and i love it <laughs> it's cited bubblegum pop rock boys beat current wine angst daily collegian 2002 yeah but no pop punk well that's what the review is citing that's the name of the review i'm gonna open this oh. review now just to see that sounds, that sounds like a very dumb review, because this is very much not pop-punk. There's not an inch of punk in this. Instead of a bunch of dancing hotties, the lineup consists of lead singer and guitarist Damien Koulash, bassist Tim Nordwind, drummer Dan Konopka, and keyboardist and guitarist Andy Duncan. I mean, I think Damien Koulash... I, I think Damien Koulash could classify as a dancing hottie, given that they've... The, the, the video where they dance, like, a couple of hours... A couple of years later is the what makes them really hit, you know, become famous and shit. Do you know who I haven't thought of since this album was new that is mentioned in here? OK Go just wrapped up a tour supporting upcoming pop rockers Phantom Planet and established pop rockers Super Drag. Yeah, that was the, the music at the time. Yep. Let's see. Uh, let us discuss the meaning of indie. Sure. If you're on a record label, but you don't sell enough, you're indie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pop punk. That's wrong. This is not a pop punk. It has a citation. You can see it right there. I'm going to challenge the person who who wrote that review <laughs> ten year, 20 years later. Uh to indicate to me which song on this record has any hint of punk. Good news, I have notes about that. Oh no. Yes. This is one of Ellie's sacred cows. Also, if I click on a review, it says that it's unavailable due to legal reasons. Ooh, I got it a second ago, so what did you do? Uh, I think it's just because GDRPD eruption, I can imagine. Could be. Yeah, because people don't want to conform to, like, sensible uh, data retention shit. Um, yeah, America sucks. Um, 
No, this is one of my favorite records of all time. I consider this basically a perfect pop record. I don't think any of this, like, sound-wise is, like, any kind of excellent, but it just wins out by... Every track on this is a hit, and I will fight Sybil on anything bad that she has to say about this record. I think this record is absolutely fantastic. Everything on here is super catchy. There are only a couple of two songs that slow the pace, and even those are, like, pretty good. Okay. Um, and, uh... Yeah, it's really good. It's a very, very much a comfort record for me, and I'll defend it till this. This is the hill that I die on. I don't even like any other Okego record. I think uh, Damian Kulish is a very good songwriter, but I think most of the records are honestly you can just listen to the singles, and everything else is sort of an afterthought. But this record, this record is good. <laughs> All right. Then let's talk about it. But first, before we talk about OK Go, we've got to talk about OK Go. We have a history to go through. Um, it's a very short history. There's no, there's no um, obligatory. The only bad thing that I found about Okego is that they were once arrested for like talking back to a cop, which honestly like valid. Um, <laughs> I've been arrested for worse. <laughs> oh no! Do we need to have an obligatory for you? Oh, I'm cancelable on about seven levels. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, th this is quite quick, because this is the debut record of the Keiko in 2002. Uh, but basically the band lead singer, Damien Kulesh, met bass bassist Tim Norwin uh, in art camp. Ca explain camps to me, it's a thing that always pops up in American media, and I don't get it. E either we didn't have them in Europe, or I was too poor to, to, for them to be a thing, one of the two. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, if you are middle class, you might have the spare money where rather than hire a babysitter or leave your kids alone, which you're not supposed to do before a certain age legally. So if you don't have a relative who can watch them, uh, you may be in trouble. You might send them off to camp for the summer and then they can bond with other children and learn about the outdoors. Or in my case... I was sent to a computer camp where I learned very basic HTML coding on 28k modems and played Dune 2 over LAN. Oh, that's nice. Would have been nice to bond with other people in my childhood rather than spending it isolated. Um, but yeah, so they met in arts camp and uh, this is when they were like, 11 and they already had the, the the inside joke okay go which was about the art teacher at the art camp or something who would say 
okay go when telling them to draw things? If I were to start a band based on that logic and based on when I was 11, uh, our band would have been called Arr. That is not a bad band name. It would be very difficult to Google, though, because you always be like, how many apps are there in there? Well, it's also kind of terrible because it came out of a dude who, uh, in hindsight, had a lot of skin cancer. So it sounds like when he was sitting down, it was actually physically painful for him. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he made walrus sounds when he sat down. You're cancelled at the 8 level now. 11-year-old me is cancelable for a lot of things. <laughs> Let's not even talk about firecrackers. Well, so the band didn't form at 11, though, but the two stayed in touch. Eventually, they met the guitarist, Idem Duncan, in high school. And uh, when they moved to Chicago from college, they met drummer Dan Konpoka. Konopka. And uh, they first formed the band Stanley's Joyful Noise, which I like the name. That's my favorite Roll Doll book. After graduating, the, everyone moved to Chicago, and all of the four formed OK Go, finally. They immediately like saw some success during the, the Chicago st- scene, with popular indie acts of the time, like Elliot Smith and The Promise Ring. Remember Elliot Smith? He was good. Then he died. Yeah. And they guested on... This American Life in 2000, which uh, brought them to, like, um, vaguely more mainstream attention. During that time, the band self-released two EP, The Brown and the Pinky P. Go listen to the version of What to Do That's on the Pinky P. It's superior to the version on this record, but we'll talk when that song comes up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a way better version. I like it. I like them both, but the version on the EP is, like, really good. Um... But yeah, this EP led to the band to get in contact with um, They Might Be Giants agent, and they started opening gigs for They Might Be Giant quite regularly, because they worked well together, apparently, to the point that John Flansburg wanted to manage them initially, but then decided to let their agent manage them. And this led to them being signed to Capitol Record and releasing their debut EP, OK Go, by OK Go. That's it. Uh, this this record will not perform great. Um, I don't have the data, but this record will not perform great. But after the record, thanks to a couple of videos that you, you know, you know, okay, go. If you're listening to this, you know, okay, go. You know that they made the funny videos, and then they went on to just make videos at this point. That is kind of what I know them for. Is just. They're doing things with treadmills or puppets or a novelty joint or that goat that's in all the memes. Yeah, that's where I start from the next record on, where, like, the um, the dancing video sort of, like, shoots them into, oh, we're, we're people like us now and our stuff sells. And, you know, they will go on to do a very healthy and good career, including uh, recording the Muppets show team, which, you know, you know, them... They, they did it. Joanna Newsom did it. I'm going to assume that if you record the Muppets show team, you're a band that I will like, even though I never watched the Muppets. They weren't the thing here. The Muppets are pretty good. I assume so. I mean, okay, go. Okay, go. Did, a, did the, their team, and Joanna Newsom did their team, so I'm going to assume they're pretty good. Muppets, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. There. 
Mm-hmm. That's a thing now. And yeah, this is okay, go. Let's talk about this record, which I love. And it was severely underrated at the time, I feel. Because again, they didn't hit like real popularity until their next record because of the dancing thing. But this record is so good. Let's, let's care over it. Let, let, let us care over it. Which is the opening song for this record. Which is called Get Over It. And it's one of the singles. And has a video. heard this song before it's a good song it is this is incredibly catchy best track on the record oh i don't think it's the best track on the record but it's like a fantastic opener it has harsher guitar than the rest of the record and uh yeah it just starts up with a whole wave of energy the the chorus is like really catchy uh we start off so what this record is, it's like this wonderful, like, you know, 90s, 90s revivalist, you know, revivalist of the 90s, revivalist of the 70s and 60s power pop gem with, like, lots of synths, which they will sort of leave to the wayside in the next record, but the synths here really work. Lots of, like, organ-sounding so- organ synths. Uh, guitar-based, guitar-driven pop with Damien's coolish singing, which is very flamboyant. It has this very great vocal charisma with lots of, you know, it's not everyone taste because there's a lot of like little falsetto moments, but I, I love that. And this is the perfect song to open this. This has all of that and they work perfectly on the song. It's really good. I agree. It is quite nice. Um, I was distracted by the fact that their vocalist, uh, I guess that would be... Damien Kulash, yeah. Yeah, Damien Kulash. Some writer and vocalist for the band. Yes. Uh, he looks like Mick Jagger and my younger self had a kid, so that's creepy <laughs> to look at when he's front and center. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. He's got my hair and my face and Mick's lips. <laughs> I mean, I can see that. I mean, I'm not aware of younger you, but I can see that. Yeah. Um, My reference for that hair is that there is a very... Uh, there is a very Sam from Supernatural hair, or I guess Sam from Walker, Texas Ranger now. I'm assuming that's the same character that just went on to be a Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, when his brother died, uh, all the Supernatural stuff stopped, so he just immediately became a Texas lawman. Yeah. Um, the videos for this are very... They're not what you expect from OK Go. This was before they did uh, the complicated, weird videos. So they're very... This is a band and they're playing music. I don't know if you've seen the videos, but they're not anything to write home about. I did. I saw the first three tracks on this had a video. Um, 
It's not bad. This is the one that seems the most comedic. It's a rec center based on a lot of still shots, which later come back to be viewed in detail along with the lyrics for weird wordplay. It's not bad. Yeah. Marcel is not, you know, it's not okay. Go- what, it's not what you want from okay, go, right? If you're like a person who enjoys their modern video exploits. I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I have seen a modern OK Go video. I hear about them. I hear people discussing. I know they did something with treadmills. I know they did something with trampolines and a giant stapler. And one of them had the Muppets in it, like Weezer. So, yeah, that's Well, that's no, it. The, the one that had the Muppets in it was the literal Muppet team that they recorded for the show. Well, I'm saying, just like Weezer, they got the Muppets in a video. That's... This is all I know about them. I'm not saying that I'm the expert. No, that's that's definitely worth watching. I mean, all of the the singles are good songs, and the videos are fun to watch, and they're like, definitely an increasing amount of effort went into them. Oh, I'll probably poke at them later. They, again, this record is not bad. The, The one I really like is the Zero Gravity video, where they went in those planes that do zero gravity shit and yeah. it's really it's incredibly cool to look at um but yeah get over it just a straightforward rock song great energy uh a little more alt rock than we tend to get on the show so of course i love it yeah and uh lyrically it's uh sort of a boomer anthem hey it's it's a long, sarcastic screed. Yeah. Uh, especially looking at Damon on this, I just kept thinking of Custom, another band from this era. But they went a lot darker. Yeah. The, a lot of this record is very humorous, lyric-wise. Like, there are serious songs, but there is there is a lot of sarcasm and a lot of just, like, sneering, like steering humorousness to this, especially in the later song of the record, which, again, underrated songwriter. I I think the, the, he's very good at songwriting, even if people don't give him much credit, because, again, OK Go is the video band now. Yeah, I, I don't hear the lyrics discussed. I just hear, ah, another stunt video. Again, check out The Writing is on the Wall, which is one of the single, cool video, but also has, like, really good lyric about a relationship ending. It's actually, like, a supremely well-written song. Hmm. Hey, today is the episode where, uh, where Elaine fangirls over OK Go. Um, yeah. This is for me. This episode is, this episode is for me. <laughs> hey, this is of the time of where we're covering musically, and there's nothing wrong with, uh, doing one for the, doing one for the home crowd. Yeah. Besides, we can't really do this with anything I was listening to in this era. What were you listening to in this era? Well, you already know SR-71, among other things. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did the episode for you. <laughs> yeah. Do you really want to go further down that path? Um, yeah, let's not do that. If I were to find a time warp to what I had on burned CDs in 2002, I don't think it would go up. Abandoned Pools. We'd have to talk about their first record. Welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Music Genre. Next song is Don't Ask Me. Don't sit there and play just so frank, so straight, so candid, so thoughtful, so gracious. 
just another good song. Again, this is very much like 60s power pop. And uh, yeah, has a black and white video. It's, uh, it's very much a mood. This, the whole song is about, you know, that person that is perfectly fine, perfectly nice, but still you can help but hate them. And it's like, yeah, I've had this for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, again, great energy. Like, this album just sh- starts at, like, a thousand and, like, keeps at that for, like, at least the first three songs. Yeah, I was going to say, it does not keep that up the whole way through. No, but it, it definitely has this big, fast start. Great energy. Love the little clapping. Love the organ synth solo. Again, a gem. Uh, great perform. Again, I, I I love the singing throughout by Damien Coolish on this. It's just like incredibly charismatic. Very, very big. Very like big, charismatic, sneering energy here. With little falsetto bit. That's great. It's another, another hit. Uh... I don't remember much of this one because the lyrics are incredibly repetitive and it's a very standard pop song. Nothing offensive about it until he starts doing whatever the hell that vocal squeal is in the last third. Oh, I love that. I love the little vocal squeals. Kind of made my teeth hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's my shit. That's my shit. Give me all of the little falsetto bits. All right. Well, good news. We have a whole track of those. I mean... They're, they're in all tracks. Um, yeah, this is probably one of the more standard pop songs, but it works. Again, lots of little great production bit, like the clapping hands. Love the use of backing vocals. Love the love the organ synth solo. It's a good song. It's a good song. They're good songs, Brent. Hey, you want to know what's less good? What? Let's slide onto the story I'm going to tell about You're So Damn Hot. Oh, no. I like this song. I like that song a lot. Uh, go on. Go on. Let's go. Let's go to that. I saw you sliding out the The song is alright, but uh, this is where YouTube started serving me with cryptocurrency ads, and YouTube does not think highly of OK Go fans, I guess. Oh no. Maybe, look, Sybil, we need to talk about this, because if every record gives you cryptocurrency ads, then maybe YouTube doesn't think highly of you. No, this is the only one that I've gotten this on in weeks. Okay. Like, I, I've had other things. I was listening to the new Crontendo earlier. I didn't get weird ads on that. This one gave me that, and maybe it's because half of the stills in this video look like the band turning into meme faces. <laughs> they thought it was just right-wing <laughs> propaganda. I, I haven't watched the video for this one, though. 
Uh, it's just a bunch of tour footage, but there are bits where they stop showing things on stage. Like, it's them bowling, and so they keep making faces and, like, the OK Go Guide to Bowling. And it that's where it doesn't land for me. The, the song's all right. Uh, it has some ska polka vibes off the synthesized accordion. Yeah, it has, like, a cool synth line. The whole song, again, is uh, really catchy. Again, keeps on the energy. Uh, really great instrumentation. Like, I, I like the, the, all of the little things the guitar does here. Uh, lyrically, this always reminds me of a lot of the... Like, if a pop-punk band did this, it would be like, oh, you're sleeping around, you're such a bitch. But this song is, oh, you're sleeping around, but you're hot, so that's cool. I don't know. <laughs> it's a fun song. It's a fun song about um, an, a non-standard relationship and... um. I don't know. The, the lyrics are really fun. Again, I think Damien Coolish is a very good songwriter, and there's a lot of, like, really amusing lines. Hey, you know how you can tell this is a good song and that this record is written by people who are not super problematic? Neither of the two trans women looked at the line, you're a bad-hearted boy trap baby doll and got mad. <laughs> I mean, is that, is that a bad line? I don't know. It's fine. I was making a terrible joke. You might want to cut that. Oh, no, now I get it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. No. Yeah, that's neither of us heard that and went, oh, no. We just went, <laughs> all right, yeah, this guy's really into her. <laughs> yeah, we can use that word. You can't, listener. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's a, that's a fun one. <laughs> I will never use that word for that purpose, but whatever. Look, I will use it for the sake of a joke. <laughs> yes. I did also think of Judge Dredd when he started talking about hot shots. Just the pronunciation. Okay, I'm not very much aware of ju the Judge Dredd cinematic universe. You're killing me by calling it a 40-year comic, a cinematic universe. I know, Ellie. but isn't that what cinema is nowadays? Just 40 years old? Just 40 years old comics. Ugh. Right <laughs> in my heart. Right in my heart. 40 years comics and 60 years book, I guess, because people like Dune. Yes, so do I. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I only, my only experience with Dune is the David Lynch film, and uh, I think it will stay that way, because the new one doesn't have naked staying in it. No, if that's going to happen, it's going to be next time. But if you want naked Skellen Skarsgård, Oh, okay. And he's just. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a fun song. Uh, My version of this song would be about Dave Batista. <laughs> uh, wasn't there like that one story about Batista and Melina and Jim Morrison or whatever? John Morrison? I don't know. I just know. Appa apparently, my like, apparently, John Morrison got like. The motor from WWE, like, they, they started using him less because he was, like, with Melina at the time uh, and got cucked because, like, you know, Batista and Melina were, were also a thing at the time. And, like, Vince McMahon saw that as a sign of weakness that he was all right with that. I see. That's the most Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> also... I love that both of us agree, You're So Damn Hot is a good song, and yet we start talking about crypto people, <laughs> cucking, and the word trap. <laughs> no, that is, uh, we don't have Adam. This is a, another Adamless podcast. 
<laughs> you knew what happened when you left us alone, Adam. You knew what to do. Yeah, what to do is great. Uh, no, this is just a comfort song for me. This is like the gifted kid anthem, the burned out gift kid anthem. It's wonderful. Uh, the version on the Pinky P is better. I feel it has a stripped down, uh, a more stripped down production. The production on the record for the song is a bit a lot. It's a bit of a of match. It. It's way heavier on the synth, which the version on the EP is a bit lighter on. I think both versions are good. Uh, I'm partial to the EP version because, fun story, when I pirated this record, like, about a decade ago, more than a decade ago, mm -hmm. the version I pirated for some reason just had uh, the EP version of this song instead of the normal version on it. And... Uh, for like about five to eight years, I didn't know that the, ver the, the I got the wrong version of the song on my MP3 player. Huh. Only when Spotify happened, I realized, oh, the the, the version of the song that I know is different. I said that's a weird discovery to make. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess partly could be just because of I'm used to it, because I've been listening to this record for a lot of years, but... I don't know. Go listen to the EP version. It's labeled as demo version on um I did. on YouTube. Uh, I was also referring to the listeners. I don't know if we have those anymore, but you know, if you're a <laughs> listener, go listen to that version. <laughs> Look, we I, have I, at least two. The, okay, okay. That's uh, is that is that me when editing? And Adam that listened to the episode is not in. In that case, four. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, the album version is definitely the weaker one, if you ask me. Uh, it's got a little more chugga-chugga guitar. It's perfectly acceptable. You can tell that I have no problem with this band, because if I did, the line, mediocre people do exceptional things all the time, is rife with burn potential. <laughs> but oh, no. the album version has this weird skip beat into the chorus that I hate every time it comes up. It's like a rough transition. Huh, interesting. And the demo, uh, it's a little before the chorus. They just start, like, it slips a beat, and it's very audible if you're in the melody. And that doesn't happen in the demo version, where it's sort of slower and sounds like surf rock to me. Hmm, interesting. I, I never noticed that. This song this song also got a video, by the way, but it's an acoustic version, which is not bad. 
Interesting. I did not see that come up. All right, let's see if I can find this. Yeah, the acoustic version is fun. They do a little bit of harmonizing on the chorus. There's a lot of versions of the song, apparently, which is not a bad thing, because it's um, probably my favorite song on the record. You know, it's not bad. I, I agree with you. I like the demo version. Again, this song is very... It's very cozy and comfortable. Uh, I really love the... Um, the writing is both like very empathetic towards the main character, but also like extremely sarcastic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any music critique explanation why I love the song, but just like when that chorus comes in, you you need to sing along. That that's it. Love the backing vocals. Love the trumpets on the demo version. Great use of trumpets. All of the all of the little falsetto are very much my shit. Uh, that's so good. This slows down the pace of the album a bit, but it does it masterfully. This is great. <laughs> yeah, probably my number two track on the album. Let's go to the the the, the slowest bit of the record. The ne- the two slowest bit of the record, which are the next two songs. A oh. thousand miles per hour is the one where I imagine you will have pain. Uh, so let's go to that. Let's go to Sybil's being in pain. miles per hour starts with a drum machine version of the intro to get over it. It's the same pattern. It's just not actual drums this time. Yeah, this is a this, yeah. It's a very a lot more subdued. This is a almost a ballad. This is a very chill like acoustic guitar song. I'm gonna start with like this is definitely the lowest point of the record. This is the less good, but I still enjoy the song. I. My notes are savaging this. (laughs) Okay, go on. I'll I'll let you go off on this. It feels like a Jack Johnson B-side. 311 would have recorded 1,000 miles per hour. Oh, that's... I mean, that's not wrong, but it's not fair. Yeah, no, I just... This feels like a band designed to make me angry that would have been played all the time by SoCal stoners would have created this song. And then it just fell off a truck in front of OK Go and they're like, well, chaps, might as well pick this up. Oh, why are we British now? I don't know, but that's what happens when you steal music like Paul. <laughs> uh, my take on this is that this is fine. This is just like a very sweet pop song and... Uh... It's very slow, it's very chill, it has its very chill instrumentation, and I think it's a good change of pace on the record. It's nothing amazing, like, this is definitely the slowest bit of the album, this is definitely the one where uh, the songwriting is very straightforwardly like, oh, good love song, but there's no, I, I don't find anything offensive here, this is just like chill, uh, 
I find the chorus really good. Again, they nail all of the choruses. This is like sort of the imperceptible, imperceptible quality of just being extremely catchy. They have a real talent for choruses. They're, this is a very anthemic, very catchy chorus that sticks in your head. Oh, yes. The catchy line, we'll go. We'll go and we'll go and we'll go. We'll go. Let's we'll go. go. Let's go. Let's go. Look, yep. they repeat things a lot because that's what you do in pop music. If I didn't like this band, and I do, I think this is a good album, but they're just on the verge where my brain was also looking at them as if I were going to get brutal. And a part of me does look at the way they write lyrics and go, this could be novelty songs for children. Oh, they are sort of novelty. Like, they toured with, okay, with They Might Be Giant. It's just that when They Might Be Giants do a song about adults, we get they need, they'll need they need a crane or Anna Ang or something. And what's the version of that on OK Go by OK Go? I don't, I don't think... Uh, I mean, Return. Okay, um... I think you're going to be interested in my feelings on return. Okay, it's well. You're not allowed to complain about it. It's about a dead, fr- fr- dead friend of the singer. Oh no! I stepped in the bear <laughs> trap. <laughs> Damn it! All right, let's start marching towards my problem. But shortly before the end. Song that I, probably the only song that I skip from this record right now, uh, generally when I listen to it. But actually, the more than I paid attention to it, I really like this song. Um, it's different. Like this is not a pop song. This is almost like a dream pop song. Here they do. It has very fuzzy guitars. This very repetitive, almost ambientish lyrics, which are sort of like weirdly haunting. It's like. It's just like sing us a song throughout... Through the hours of dying. Yeah, sing us a song through the hours of dying, repeated over and over over this, like, fuzzy guitars and synth, and it has this very moody, like, just tone. And, like, yeah, it's a very good change of pace. It's a very good, like, mid-album, like, almost mid-tro. And it's just a very coherent piece of music. Like, of course, like, if you want, like, dream pop there are better acts than okay go to do that but this is not bad or something very different very distinct that you just take in the middle of the album as a bit of a change of pace we're gonna go back to a classic bit from the early days of gotta get out of this town which is sybil calculates what percentage a repeated <laughs> line is we have a new champion 70 percent of the song is Sing us a song, sing us a song to hum through the hours of dying. 70%. That's why I, I say it's a very, you know, dream pop, sort of ambient pop kind of song here that we have. I love the fancy guitar on this. They're very different from all of the other guitars on the record. 
Oops, we recorded the track at 75% speed. Do you think anyone will notice? Nah, throw it on the record. <laughs> oh, you're so mean. This is fine. This is good. I got to a point, and I looked over at it, and there was still a minute 20 left to go. That's a solo in it in the, mid in the midpoint. It's a very chill solo. Yeah, and after they come back from that, it sounds like they're winding down, and that's when I looked at the time and realized a full third of the track was still left. Four minute twenty is the longest song on the record. Oh, I felt it. I like it. I th this is the kind of music that I like. Like this is a very slow, fuzzy, like ba not not even a ballad. It's just like sort of a mood piece. There's really not a ballad on this album. No. And that's, no. that's refreshing. Mm -hmm. uh, this is more like just straight up a mood piece. This is almost like an ambient pop song for the 2002. It's good. It's a good change of pace. It splits the album in two halves very neatly. I don't know. It's good. I, I, I'm all for this song. And then we go to Return, which Sybil hates apparently. Well, I don't hate it, but I'm going to say I'm going to stifle a laugh because I just saw the story about what happened. I can't I can't laugh at somebody uh I can't laugh at somebody's untimely death, but that is the worst way you could describe this story, genius. This song was written by Damien about a good friend of his that fell from a window during a party and died. Yeah. Uh, it's a very sad song. <laughs> it is a very sad song, but when that's the first thing I see looking at the lyrics, I instantly just start thinking of it as a I think you should leave sketch. Uh, but no, this has a very endemic sort of vibes with uh, with the uh, backing vocals going together with the voice and the accurate vocals. And lots of really fucking sad lyrics, like the worst of it now, I can't remember your face on the first verse. That's fucking haunting. It's, it's a bit cliche, but it's also like, yeah, that's haunting. Oh no, I 1000% remember that. I uh, I had someone in my life die when I was young at, uh, I think it was 14 was the first time somebody ended up getting killed around me. And yeah, no, I can't think of her face. I remember where she lived. I remember, but yeah, I got no idea where the body is, which is now just a skeleton. And there's no way for me to know what the hell she looked like because I don't have a yearbook. Yeah. And again, the ending where it's just you were supposed to grow old, repeated over and over, it's like, uh, okay, this is really sad. It's also a good song. It's also just like a very, very well-constructed song with this, like, again, very anthemic chorus, which is just return being, you know, shouted over and over. 
Uh, it's not one of the best songs on the record. Like, I'm not gonna put the song on to cheer me up, like some of the other songs on the record, but it's a very well-constructed song about a very dark theme that engages with it, uh, as well as a record with this kind of pop tone can do. Really good sense on this. I'm, I'm gonna say that on every song, really good sense on this. I quite like this song. Um, the repetitive outro made me write down looking like David Bowie and the hunger over here as it's you were supposed to grow old over and over. But this is an SR-71 track. This, this oh, really hits on. all my vibes. No, that's a positive. <laughs> like the, the sort of grungier vocals, the everything. Yeah, I'm into this. I mean, he still does the little falsetto when he repeats the things at the end, which I love. Oh, yeah. The the outro is the bit that doesn't land for me, but everything before that, it's like, oh, yeah, into this. I'm not sure how... I'm not sure I would justify this as a very SR-71 track, but whatever rocks your boat, Sybil. That is absolutely what I started thinking of when I heard this, and in fact, I stand by it. This is the most SR-71 tomorrow track on the OK Go <laughs> record, and that gets Sybil's seal of approval. I still don't understand how you like that record, but sure. <laughs> and then there's the novelty song. Well, there's two novelty songs in a, in a row. There's a fire, it's the next one. I really mean it now. This time I swear I have not lied. This is like the, like the, like, like, like last time. Those are the, the songs are good, but they're very like they are, they are very sort of they might be giant. They are very sort of novelty-ish. Um, both of the songs are just to me are entirely carried by the little falsetto that uh, the singer does. They just like give the little edge to the song that otherwise might not be a great song in itself, but you know, makes it fun. This is the one where he. His falsetto bits really uh, set my teeth on edge again. And the kind of hip-hop pacing at the start of it with the Casio keyboard-ass backing track synth. Not a fan of There's a Fire. Uh, I felt bad comparing myself to this vocalist early on the more I heard that falsetto, but then I thought, well, what does my voice sound like right now as I figure things out? Hmm. Okay, he gets a pass. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the opposite. Like, the falsetto is the shit that I live for on this record, so the song is just, like, fun for me because it's a lot of that. And it's a, it's a, it's a lot of sort of, like, you know, that kind of, like, almost moon kind of singing, and it's cool. That's cool. That's a cool chorus. Yeah. lot of repeating the title. Oh, yeah, that's all of the tracks on here. Again, so if the song long is good, if the, if the song is good, I think repeating a thing over and over, it's a it's a good outro. It's a good way to do a song. It's just you know, 
a lot of the times when we when we get songs that do that on this podcast, they're not good. So you're sort of like, please stop already. I, I'm just saying, I definitely felt that way about a lot of this middle chunk. That's fair. Yeah, again, this is the this is the more falsetto tastic song of the record, and your appreciation of Damian Kulish sort of moaning and uh, and squealing their lyrics is gonna gonna be the needle if you like this song a lot or if you hate it and uh, i feel that's our difference here yeah yeah and then there's that next track cinnamon lips which is another very they might be giant song Cook, cook, cook cinnamon lips. You have to say it right. <laughs> yeah. Cinnamon lips. Which has fun, which has a very like retro, very 60s revival, just a organ synth in it, which is the best part of the song. And uh, this is Tim Nordwind doing the vocals on this track, which is very distinct. Mm-hmm. Is he the drummer? He is bass. Yeah. Oh, the the bold guy, right? Yep. So it's the very, very distinct Okago member because he's bold, and generally the music industry uh, doesn't like people who are not, you know, typically handsome. Uh, counterpoint, look at every ska group ever and think of how many bald people are in them. Yeah, but is ska, like, relevant anymore? Ellie, ska might be having a fourth wave. It's like the COVID of music. But if does anyone, aside from the people who look at the Skatoon channel, YouTube channel, <laughs> care about the fourth wave of Ska? They will once the body count starts rising. <laughs> oh no. Uh, look, Supreme is not coming back. <laughs> um, this song sounds like my man wants to fuck a box of jelly bellies based on all the different descriptors <laughs> that are being used here. Cinnamon lips and candy kisses on my tongue. Fun. Buttery eyes. If only cries came from those eyes. Oh. Uh, yeah, this sort of puts a hole in my, you know, Damien Coolish is a good songwriter uh, thing, but, you know. This, this is fun. was co-written with Nordwind. Is it one of the deepest, more better constructed, better performed songs on the record? No. But it's fun. Like, there's... I dig it. It's like, you know, it's very wholesome. <laughs> it's like, again, this whole record is like, oh, there's not a problematic bone in all of this record. And it's catchy and has good tunes, which is literally the opposite of most of the record that we've dealt with on this podcast. So I'll take it. Firm fourth place. My fourth favorite track. Yeah. Really? Oh. It's distinct. I, I dig this. It has a really good, um, I, I really like the synth on this. 
Uh, if this is your first track, I'm gonna say that you probably don't enjoy the back half of this record as much as I do, because I think we're on for a couple of bangers after this, but I think this is a good song. This is fun. This is very fun. All right. Yeah, no, I I was into this. And I'm okay with the back third of this album. It's just... It's weird. It lands weird for me. But it doesn't make me upset like the middle chunk did. <laughs> well, let's talk about the next song, which I really like. This is probably one of my favorite songs in the record, The Fix is In. When we got to Boston, we knew we'd missed a turn. No one back in traffic school had told us through signs it can't be learned. Geography's too stubborn, and people are too clear. So let's go find a roadside motel with a clerk who won't tell. Days will turn into nights, nights will turn into days, weeks, seasons, Well, you see, it starts out with Boston, and so I'm immediately looking askance at it. <laughs> Do you have something against Boston? Yes, Boston exists. To be fair, they're not particularly excited about Boston in the, in the song either, so I think they share your sentiment. I'm just saying, Boston gave us the Wahlbergs. True. They're like Avatar of Townie. When they got to Boston, they knew they missed a turn. No one back in traffic school told us that there's signs that can be learned. I really like the lyrics on this. There's a lot of like really good turns and phrases here. This is not as repetitive. They, they're repeating the title in places, but there's actual lines around it. It's pretty solid. Um... He's got kind of a lounge singer thing going on here. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's a, it's a, this very, like, chill, laid-back singing uh, over this, you know, very indie rock sort of, like, minimalist guitar sound that then explodes in the very, you know, usual okay go chorus in the chorus. Really good chorus, by the way. Love the little falsetto singing on the fixes in. For once, like, a lot of this record goes immediately in the chorus, because this was the style at the time, you know, you have to start with the chorus, because that's what goes in the radio. Uh, this song actually gets two whole verses before going in the chorus, which gives it a very distinct feel. The verses are, again, very slow, very good, very rhythm-based, uh, so there's a really good build-up to the chorus. Again, uh, there are... Some lines that I really like, geography is too stubborn and people are too clear. Uh, red and white for blood cell, red and white for wine. They could be the whole damn spectrum if they don't just let them. This is like some wanton goats level of creativity on this lyrics, which I really appreciate. Um, and yeah, and then the chorus is just repeating the fixes in, the fixes in, but like, it's catchy. It's like well delivered and uh, build up with the you know, extended verses just makes it worth it. Um, I, I love this song. This is a good song. Um, it doesn't... Like I said, lyrically I enjoy it. Even the repeating in the chorus works because it has a sort of snapping fingers cadence. The fixes in, the fixes... It has a chugga-chugga repeating. It's rhythmic. It works. 
Yeah, and it, it has the, that very good quality of being like, you know, again, I like the mountain goats. I like words. I like lyrics with a lot of syllables in it, which if, if it's a thing that they do and this song does, it's just like, it's a lot of interlocking syllables that are stretched in a short time, which gives it like a very wordy feeling. And it sounds really good. Like uh, in the pre-chorus, it's like, uh, working on an inch less waistband in the script mall wasteland outside of this town or crawling or clawing at the penthouse kitchen floor for just one smidgen more. That's a lot of, of syllables that you put in that sentence there. And it works. It gives it a rhythm. It gives it like a snap to it, especially in this kind of like more laid back chill sound. This is a good song. This is a really good song. It is also just because you dropped the mountain goats. How do you feel about the fact that No Children has become a Zoomer TikTok meme song? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I yes. love that. <laughs> okay. I am I am not one of those old people who are like, oh, the, the kids and their TikToks. Like, you go, you go have fun. You discover one of the best American bands ever in the history of music. Um, I have to say that there are two strikes on this song, though. Mm-hmm. The synth needs to be taken away from the guy until he gets relicensed. It sounded like Nyan Cat screeching in the back half of the track. And to be fair, they do they do that on the next record. I think the next record barely has any synth. And that's, <laughs> that's good because when it goes wrong, it goes wrong. And um, don't like the fact that there are literally thirty seconds of outro on in. Just fading out. Oh, also didn't mention backing vocals. Again, I really love how they do backing vocals on this record. It's very organic. And again, I love backing vocals. I love power pop. I love harmonization on the backing vocals in rock songs. And this is perfect. They do exactly that on the the chorus, which again is just repeating the fixes in over and over. But the harmonization in the background give it a great texture. Mm -hmm. It's a good song. They're good songs, Brent. 2.0. <laughs> Eventually you're going to learn that my name isn't Brent, it's Sybil. <laughs> uh, also, it turns out that account is very racist, apparently. Oh, well, that's not amazing. Yeah, uh, apparently it changed the name of dogs because they sounded too ethnic and like, you know, Western name to better numbers. Yikes. Yep. Yikes! Uh, yep. Twitter, what a wonderful world. That's that's where all of my treacherous friends are. Let's talk about hello, my treacherous friends. I'm right here. <laughs>
This is another very lyric, lyric-y song. Oh, okay. I was going to go with, ah, the creepy nursery rhyme track. Okay. <laughs> I mean, also that. This back third is doing something different on each track. This is the point where I realized, oh, there was no ballad on this record, huh? Mm-hmm. This is sort of, this is closer to a ballad. This is a slower song with a lot of lyrics. It's slower, but it's also only three minutes to the dot. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's draggy. I am not sure what this song is about, though, but it does mention having newborn arachnid kids, which I'm into. Interesting. Okay, okay. I'll keep that in mind for reasons. <laughs> I think that's a cool line. I don't know why it's there. With regards to my newborn arachnid kid, this is a very They Might Be Giant song. This is a very They Might Be Giant song. I mean, I do laugh at, I brought you all here to discuss, as I must, the fate of my children, the spiders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, I could see this as a very They Might Be Giants, and this last chunk is going in a lot of different directions, but it lands better for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's amusing. But yes, this this has a real Halloween vibe, as it sounds like uh, my dude just invited some assholes he knew over to be devoured alive by spiders. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> Perhaps we should sit them down and explain how not to be saved. Yep. Uh, no, this, is, this is fun. Uh, this is less of a. This still has the again. All of the choruses on this uh, on this record are wonderful. Again, hello, my my treacherous friends. Again, what what I really like about this song is, to my opinion, every single track on this record could be a radio single, which is not a thing that you get a lot on pop records. Like every single track on this record could work on the radio, I think. Probably I'm wrong, because this record sort of tanked at the time, but you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think they're all like great pop songs, great choruses. Uh, some of those are, again, this one is a bit weirder, which I appreciate, but maybe not for everyone. Um, yeah, this is a chiller song with a really good chorus and really weird lyrics, which I appreciate. And it's, uh, you know, it's spooky day today, so it's fitting. You're doing anything for spooky day today? I'm not. I'm probably going to go walk over to the store after this because I don't want to be driving after dark when there are a lot of kids on the road that might wander in front of my car. That's fair. Same. Uh, I actually didn't grow up with Halloween, so I don't really get it. But yeah. Close the album with Bye Bye Baby, which is a fantastic closer. This reminds me of Return in melodically a lot. And you will hate it because it's very repetitive. Come on. No. It's a two minute song 
that I couldn't focus on at all because it's really jarring hearing my name in this song over and over. I just realized, yes. Yeah, and even pre-transition, I had a very distinct name that you would hear in maybe one in 10,000 works of media. <laughs> so every time I heard it, it would just flat out destroy my ability to focus on the things. Say both song, say both song, say yeah, both song. Um, <laughs> so by the time I would recover from every... <laughs> did he just say Sybil? We'd get to the next one because this song is so quick and... I tried listening twice. I got nothing. It's not bad. It's just like... It's a good song. All right. <laughs> Again, like, this back half has a lot of, like, really creative lyrics. So my pets have left me in search of careers and richer soils, heading off to purebred friends and happy ends and anything to prove I'm disloyal. That's good shit. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of words. That's a very good use of words. And it's, like, very evocative. No, no, it's not bad. It's just, it's too quick. I couldn't really focus on it. Okay, I, I, I mean, I can, I can, I can. The pre-chorus is not that. It's not just that I'm selfish and scared. It's not just that I'm so unprepared. It's just that you think I'd grow out of this, wouldn't you? Sing with the the little falsetto bit. This is a really <laughs> good closer. Um, it is. And again, it says bye bye, so it closes the song. I don't know. This record is great. This is a pretty solid record. Again, this is one of those records where, again, there's not a lot to talk about because it's not a complex record. It's just like a fucking killer pop record with lots of just like, especially in the back half, lots of like very well constructed sort of humorous lyrics or, you know, to a certain level, sarcastic lyrics. Um, great tunes. And yeah, this is one example of that. Also, apparently there are two bonus tracks here that I've never listened to. Well, three bonus tracks here. On Genius, at least. So they were fun. not on YouTube, so yeah. I didn't see them. They were not on Spotify or any version of the record that I listened to. Hmm. I do like track 14 title, though. It's, uh, well, you know, second bonus track title. It's tough to have a crash when the boy doesn't feel the same way you do. That's a good track. Track name. Um, but yeah, this is the end of the record. Final thoughts. I had a good time with this, even if, uh, again, teeth hurty. But <laughs> he's... This whole group has something here. As a debut, this is incredibly solid. If you... You've already said that this is the record of theirs you like, you kind of don't truck with them afterwards. Otherwise, I'd say it would be interesting to revisit this when it does come up next chronologically. But... 
Ah, oh, we could do, we could do that. I think most of the records are not really worth the thought of the singles. This one I really like. That's fine. That's totally okay. It is. This was a fun time. This was distinct. This was not pop punk. You're correct. No matter what Wikipedia says or the citation of a review, <laughs> but. It was a good time, a much-needed break from a very weird string of everything in these last couple of recordings, and it's also going to give us a refreshment right before we come back to, let's see here. To the most pop-punk band of all, Sum 41. Yes. So. So, like, I love this. Like, this is even 20 years after its release. This is a great pop record. Every song on here is like basically a killer. 1000 miles per hour is the only one where it slows down a bit and it's not as good as the other ones, but that's still perfectly fine. This hits all of the notes in what I like in pop. I like the use of backing vocals in a very harmonizing kind of way. The synths complement perfectly the guitar-driven like pop of this record. Damien Kulish singing is basically like fucking catnip for me. It's like exactly the stuff that I like. Um, you know, the five out of five, partly because of nostalgia. This is a record that I listened to a lot during my teens, but this is just a really good pop record. <laughs> this is just really solid. Well, more than solid. This is just a really consistent pop record in a way that a lot of other pop records aren't. And, you know, once you get through the pop exterior, there's also, like, a lot of weird and interesting songwriting on it. And, yeah, this is excellent. Um, OK Go will never get this good to me. I, I I haven't, like, this is a 5 out of 5. I don't think I've rated any other record by OK Go higher than a 3. But they do have some good singles in the future. Yeah, OK Go, they're, they're good. They're, they seem like good dudes. Although, uh, I was looking at their Wikipedia and they were like, sort of like, annoyingly centrist. They made like an anti-Trump song and, and then they were, well, I appreciate the people who disagree with us by, while being civil. And it's like, yeah, shut up, dude. Oh um, my god, it's, wow, it's even worse than you made it sound, cause I just found the context for that. <laughs> uh, Two days before his inauguration, they released a cover of a Morrissey song and made a music video with a bunch of images of Trump. Uh, it ends with a list of organizations they recommend you support. Uh, Morrissey wrote this song almost 30 years ago, but it seems truer to us now than ever. The comments we've gotten are fascinating. We especially applaud those who disagree with us without abandoning civility or respect. You give us hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't. You know. We what? don't need to yeah. return to. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Jesus. Uh, uh, liberals. Oh um, man, everyone they toured with is. Wow. From 2000, so from this point where we're at now until their next record, they would tour with The Vines, Phantom Planet, Super Drag, The Music, Fountains of Wayne, Kaiser Chiefs, The Red Walls, 
Brendan Benson, and here's a problematic one to revisit. She wants revenge. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, have you listened to any of their lyrics recently? I don't know if she wants revenge. I don't know them as a band. I never heard oh, of okay. Um, I'll play you Tear You Apart when we're done. Oh, I'm scared. Fountain of Wayne is good, though. A couple of those bands are good, but they're all just such a time warp. <laughs> In February 2008, OK Go headlined headlined a fundraiser for Barack Obama's presidential campaign in New York City right before Super Tuesday. I mean, come on, everyone loved Obama at the time. I, I think that's fine. That's true. Yeah. It was 2008. I wasn't even cynical there, but that says a lot about their politics when they're going that hard. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, they're, they're very American liberal, which is fine, but you know. No, it's not. <laughs> nope. No, I will I will get into the argument on that. I will go full dirt bag about that. No. You need to be better. Not everyone can be a full blooded leftist. Then we'll bleed uh, the lip until, out of you until we get it right. Until <laughs> look, until they they don't start doing things like, you know, Oh, fuck Bernie because I'm a landlord or whatever was that tweet. Like, until they're just like, oh, we're going to support whoever the, the Democrats wants. I don't uh, give a shit about that. You know what's making the pandemic fine. worse out here? A bunch of people who are convinced they have vaccines. It's all over. They can go back to brunch without a mask. Fuck you. You're blue MAGA. Uh, that's, I, I am not. I'm not familiar with that. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much of this you're going to keep. This is more heated than I usually get, but... No, it's fine. Like... Yeesh. Look, I've kept worse things that you've said than this. This is fair and totally understandable. And if someone has any problem with that, fight me. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. You're a pal. We should probably... We should probably pull the ripcord on this episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> this was a fun time. Welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Party, a politics podcast. Um, Same song, different chorus. Okay, so this was the episode. You can find us at getoutofthistown.com. You can find us at getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at either from our website or at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at ggoott podcast if you want to cancel Sybil. That's always the place to cancel Sybil. We should change our hands, uh, we should change our handle to cancel Sybil podcast. <laughs> I haven't even. You can as always find. I haven't us. even shared half the stories. <laughs> yeah. Look, you every every time you share a story, you get uh you get a new game plus of being cancelled. <laughs> it's like it's like a clicker game. <laughs> this is how I prestige. You know, all, of, all of the cancel. <laughs> 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 yeah. <clears throat> uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and everywhere else that you can find podcasts. If you cannot find us on a place where you should be able to find us, please let us know. 
please let us know and eventually you will find us on that place where you should be able to find us. If you're in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, how it's called now, it's not iTunes anymore, um, rate and review us. We will read your rate and reviews things on the show, but yeah. Um, next week is Sam 41, blah, blah, blah. Do you have anything to plug, Sybil? You can find all of my projects at hellscaper.com. And you can find me, as always, at ACC the Moon on Twitter. And we don't have a Patreon, but if you want to support us, I f- find us some better outros. I don't have one this week. I-, I was taking a nap when I should have been writing this. I also don't have anything. Uh, here, one second. Uh, if you would like to support us, we do not have a Patreon, but you can, however, decide to just back us as we try our... Squealing the Keys tour, going everywhere with one synth, one guitar, one inappropriate pitch per track, and guess which song is about something that will depress you? Hint, it's gonna hit you out of the blue when you catch the lyrics. I don't know what this is about. Good night. Sure. Good night. Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight like a pop pocket and get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify.